Hi. Hi, Balcony. Hello. I see you guys. Hey, so this morning, I'm going to be fairly quick because what we're going to do, you guys have a lot of chapel sessions where you're sitting in the space and you're hearing people teach, which is amazing, but we want to give you guys an opportunity this morning to spend time out in God's creation, reading and studying the word of God for yourself. But with that, I don't want to just send you guys out and go, go sit and have solo time and beyond. Bye. You know, I want to set you guys up and go, man, I want you guys to look at this specific passage of scripture. That doesn't mean you need to stay in this the whole time, but this will be so helpful for you guys as a prompt of somewhere to go and to begin to study. Excuse me. Last night we talked about the scriptures, right? We talked about the truth of God's word and Darren pointed out, right? And Jesus says, he says, man, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, yet you refuse to come to me, Jesus, so that you can have life, right? Because in the scriptures themselves, they don't give life. Jesus gives us life through the person and work, his death and burial and his resurrection. And so this morning, the passage I want you guys to sit in is in Psalm 19. So flip your Bibles open there if you have them. If not, don't forget to bring them. Remember I told us all. Don't say I never told you. So Psalm 19. This is where I want you guys to camp in for this morning. Again, you guys can flip to other passages, but this is just one that will be really helpful for you guys. One of the really awesome things about Hume Lake is that we're located in a very, very, very beautiful location, right? You can go outside in the lake and the mountains and the trees and the stars at night. It's gorgeous. And so what I love about this passage is that the psalmist, David is writing in this. Uh, we're going to read Psalm 19, 1. We're going to go all the way through 11, and then I'll send you guys out. In the first part of this psalm, David begins and he starts out by praising God for revealing himself through the creation, right? Through the world around him, through what God has created through his hands and the breath of his life. And he says this in Psalm 19.1. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Meaning you can look out at the creation around you. You can look out at the King's Canyon, the mountains, the lake, and the trees. And you can go, man, surely there was an intentional design behind this because all of it shouts to the glory of who God is. Verse 3, there is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from, end, is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So David starts out and he's praising God for, cre or for um, revealing himself in his created world and revealing himself through the mountains and the trees and the stars and the skies above, saying that all of this shouts to the glory of who God is. And then in verse 7, he changes and he now moves into or transitions into talking about and praising God for revealing himself through his written word. And he says this, which I love because I think so often in our culture today, we have this idea of like, man, I don't know, the Bible is just a list of do's and don'ts, and it's just a lot of things that I don't really want to like tie my life to, right? We have such a negative connotation at times, if we're honest. 
right? But David goes and he says, no, I'm going to praise God for revealing himself through his written word. And this is what he says about his written word. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. I don't know about you guys, but we look around at our world and there's not much of an example of what perfection should look like, right? It's broken and it's chaotic and it's difficult and it's fun sometimes, but it's sad, right? There's so much brokenness in our world. And David's saying the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives our soul. He goes on and he says, the testimony of the Lord is sure. And otherwise, it's trustworthy. It's certain. It's reliable. We can bank on it. It makes wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart or bringing joy to our hearts. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the, fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true. And he sums it all up and he says, and righteous all together. And then in verse 10, he adds value to it. He, cha- he takes the thing that has the most value in his culture, and he says, more to be desi- desired are they than gold. What is he talking about when he says they? More to be desired are they. What was he just talking about? The word of God, right? More to be desired are the words of God than the gold, the most important and valuable thing in this culture and society. If we were to assign value to something today, what would we say? Who said it? Bitcoin. Someone said that weeks one and two, and I was like, I'm learning a lot about this culture. Bitcoin, okay? Who knows? I don't know if it has value. We'll find out, right? We assign value to things in our culture. Our phones could be one of them, right? And David's saying, no, 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 no. The word of God, what is written in the scriptures, is to be desired more than anything else on this side of eternity that we could assign value to. He says, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. There is so much that I could say about this passage and that I love, and I could go through, and I did this last year, and I broke down verse by verse, and I said, what does it mean that the law of the Lord is perfect? What does it mean that it revives our soul? What does it mean that the testimony of the Lord is sure that it makes wise the simple? There's so much meat to this passage. And so for you guys, what I want you guys to do this morning, and I'm happy to later, but that's what your counselors and youth pastors are for. We're going to send you guys out in just a minute. And I want you guys to camp in here. And I want you guys to really read it. I want you guys to take notes and ask the questions. What does it mean that it rejoices our heart? How does the word of God rejoice our heart? In a world that is broken and chaotic, and I said this the other night in 1 Peter 1, it says that we have a living hope because we have a living Savior, right? And then our inheritance for those of us who are in Christ Jesus is stored in heaven for us. It's imperishable, undefiled, and it's kept in heaven waiting for us, right? So when we say that the word of God rejoices the heart, this side of eternity, when we face trials and chaos and pain and tribulation, because, friend, we will... The word of God rejoices our heart because there is truths found in God's word that give life and bring hope in a world that is hopeless apart from Christ. So this morning, I'm going to pray for us in just a minute. I'm going to send you guys out, and I want you guys to really read through this. You can find me later. We can talk more about it. Talk about it with your counselors, youth pastors. You can go to other areas in the scriptures. You don't have to stay just here, but this is a great place to start. And the beautiful thing, too, when you read verses 1 through 6, as you sit outside this chapel and you look over the lake and you look at the mountains, 
you are looking and observing at exactly what David is talking about. As God is revealing himself through his created world in the gloriousness of what he's created by the power of his words and the work of his hands. Let me pray for us and I'll send us out. Father God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for challenging us. Father, I pray for our solo times this morning, God, as we go and spend time one-on-one in your word. God, it's easy to get distracted. Father, it's easy to find a friend next to us and want to sit and chat. But God, I just pray and I ask, Lord, that every person in this space would take this time, this 30 minutes set aside to be one-on-one with you and in your word. God, would you challenge us this morning? Father, we fall more in love with you. God, we love you and praise things in your name. Amen.